0: Time for another video, uh, music video, and I'm back to my rankings of favourite songs, and I'm up to 1968 now. And I'm going to do uh, two videos reviewing 20 of my f- favourite songs ranked. So this first one is going to cover uh, 20 to 11, but f- before we get on to 20. A few Honourable Mentions that just missed the cut. This year was absolutely littered with great songs. Uh, So uh, these Honourable Mentions would have been in uh, another year, probably. Um, But I'll go through them anyway. First up, A Song for Jeffrey uh, by Jeff Tull. This has a particularly uh, warm feeling for me because it was one of the first... Progressive sort of rock uh, songs that I heard uh, on 7 Inch uh, when I was at school, and it launched my music uh, interest down a completely different road. Uh, absolutely brilliant, um, and uh, it was also appeared on the uh, first album. Um, the first Jeffrey Hotel album as well. Pictures of Matchstick Men by Status Quo, another terrific single, uh, very psychedelia, um, love it. This Wheels on Fire by Julie Driscoll and the Brian Organ Trinity. Uh, Julie Driscoll looked quite menacing in her short haircut. And there will be links to these uh, songs on YouTube in the description. Next up, MacArthur Park by Richard Harris. He didn't um, get many hits. In fact, this was probably it's only it, And I didn't know he was a very prolific at singing, but he does a great job on this uh, with the orchestral arrangements. Next up is Young Girl by Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. Uh, I love this song. Uh, the lyric was really terrific uh, and uh, I constantly was hearing it on the radio. Paradise Lost by The Herd. Uh, The Herd having a young 16-year-old Peter Frampton on guitar. Uh, Wow, I watched a video of this and he really does look like a a little baby face, but a, a terrific beginning to his career. Then Classical Gas by Mason Williams. Always loved this song. Uh, instrumental, of course, with uh, the sort of uh, solid horns uh, on this. And then, talking of horns, Dance to the Music by Sly and the Family Stone. A real sing-along uh, soul classic. And then uh, Days, Ray Davis's song from The Kinks. Love this song. Uh, it really creates a warm glow. And then uh, Fire Brigade by the move, uh, Roy Wood looking very zany uh, with his long mop. And I'm Gonna Make You Love Me uh, collaboration between Diana Ross, The Supremes and The Temptations. Absolutely m- magnificent uh, singing on this. I gotta get a message to you, a very early Bee Gees hit. I like that one as well. And yeah, they keep on going, these uh, honorable mentions. Finally, oh, Mrs. Robinson, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. It wasn't a, a hit in the singles charts in the UK. Uh, I believe it was a hit a little bit later, I think, in America. It's, it's absolutely terrific, isn't it? And my last one on these honorable mentions is This Guy's In Love With You from Herb Alford. Very dreamy, romantic song. Uh, from herb so that's it the honorable mentions and we've already done four minutes to that top 20 then and at number 20 burning the midnight lamp by the jimmy hendrix experience released as a single in 68 backing vocals by the r&b group sweet inspirations produced by chas chandler and it was also of course on side two of the uh album electric ladyland released in the same yeah i'm going to refer to some of uh, uh information i have toned about this uh hendrix's thoughts uh this is what he had to say there are some very personal things in there but i think everyone can understand the feeling when you're traveling that no matter what your address there's no place you can call home the feeling of a man in a little uh, in a little old house in the middle of a desert where he's burning the midlight lamp You don't mean for things to be personal all the time, but it is. And two uh, critics uh, propose the following, the house in the desert becomes a metaphor for Jimmy's own suffocating frustration at failing to produce the song he wanted in the studio, failing to communicate or being a victim of failed understanding. The time for reflection on the plane leads Jimmy to consider the downside of being the electric gypsy the circus comes to town and moves on, leaving no trace that it had ever been there. No roots, no home, no love. But Jimmy keeps his own flame of love. Ultimately, a lamp is a beacon. Jimmy calls to anyone who cares to listen. This did feature, and I know this is a lengthy description, but uh, it's worth it. it. Did feature Hendrix playing a harpsichord in the intro. And he said, it just came to me jokingly he said I can't play no piano or harpsichord I just picked out uh, 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 the thing and did little different little notes and started from there the track also marks Hendrix's first use of the wah-wah effect on his guitar recordings and it's absolutely awesome. Then, Do you know the way to San Jose written and composed for singer Dionne Warwick by Burt Baccarat how David wrote the lyrics And the song was Warwick's biggest international hit to that point, sold several million copies worldwide and won Warwick her first Grammy. David's lyrics tell the story of a native of San Jose, California, who having failed to break into the entertainment field in LA, is set to return to her hometown. The song was issued as a follow-up single to the double-sided hit theme from Valley of the Dolls. Uh, I Say a, a Little Prayer, that was in April 68, it became Warwick's third consecutive top 10 song. And the song was the most successful of Warwick's international hits, sold three and a half million copies. Uh, and I I love it. I love the sort of uh, jaunty uh, travel-like feel to it. And her voice is simply idyllic. 18, Love Child, Diana Ross and the Supremes. A uh, second single and title track from the album, Love Child, became the Supreme's 11th and penultimate number one hit in the United States. The record topped Billboard's Hot 100 for two weeks uh, before D&D's Throw By, I Heard It Through The Vape it uh, paved new ground really f- uh, for a major pop hit with its uh, controversial subject matter of illegitimacy. The, the, the tune about a woman who's asking her boyfriend not to pressure her into sleeping with him for fear they would conceive a love child. Uh, the woman portrayed on the record, of course, is Diana Ross and she herself was a love child. And besides not uh, having a father at home, she had to endure wearing rags to school and growing up in an old, cold, uh, fun, uh, rundown tenement slum. Uh, anyway, just prior to this uh, album, uh the Motown and Diana Ross had dropped Florence Ballard engaged new member Cindy Bird sing uh, uh but actually on this album uh, neither of them were involved in fact the session singers the Adantes performed the background vocals and uh shortly after of course Diana left to pursue a solo career I do love the song though Uh, Diana Ross, extremely strong on this track. A Seventeen Delilah. Lyrics by Barry Mason and music by Les Reed. It earned them an an Ivor Novello Award in 1968. It's a power ballad in the British ballad tradition sang by Tom Jones, of course. Uh, Jive's version featured a big band accompaniment set to a flamenco rhythm. And the song tells the story of a man who passes his girlfriend's window and sees her inside making love to another man. He waits outside all night and then confronts her in the morning only to uh, have a laugh in his face. He then stabs her to death and then waits for the police to come break down the door and arrest him. <coughs> the lyrics unfold from the killer's point of view and are filled with his often contradictory emotions. He speaks of Delilah in possess, possessive terms, but also reserves to himself as her slave. He asks her dead girlfriend to forgive him, but she clearly sees himself, he still clearly sees himself as having been wronged by her. Pretty heavy sort of stuff, but uh, Jones really delivered on this and it's uh, one of his top uh, releases, I feel, and brought uh, to uh, the the party, the magnificent of his vocal chords. Got Do It Again at 16, written by Brian Wilson and Mike L- Love. Self-conscious uh, callback to the group's earlier surf image, which they had, hadn't embraced since 1964. And the lead vocals are shared. Uh, it also was on the album Friends and became their second number one hit in the UK. It was originally titled Rendezvous. Uh, the lyrics of the song were inspired after a day Mike life had spent at the beach in which he'd gone surfing with an old friend named Bill Jackson. Mike then shows the lyrics to Brian Wilson, who proceeded to write the music. Uh, Brian, Brian stated that he believed the song was the best collaboration that he and Mike ever worked on. Uh, and the actual song was completed in 15 minutes. Uh, on the uh, song, the drums are played by Dennis Wilson and session musician, John Gerling, uh, who was also playing a tambourine and wood blocks, whatever that are. Love it. It's got a real thumping sort of rhythm. Uh, great riff and great on the radio. The, some of the videos on VC are getting longer and this one will probably reflect that, but I think these songs are worth it. 15, Lady Madonna. Course written primarily by Paul McCartney uh, in March '68, was released as a mono single, Back Buddy in a Lie. Uh, and uh, it was before the Beatles left for their Indian sort of yoga uh, uh, explorations. It's a very rhythm and blues inspired style. It was the last release on Parlophone in the UK, uh, uh, and the next one was on Apple. It reached number one, and based, uh, McCartney based his piano part on Humphrey Littleton's uh, tra- traditional jazz rendition of Bad Penny Blues. Uh, Lady Madonna was, uh, po- McCartney describes Lady Madonna as me sitting down uh, at the piano, trying to write a bluesy boogie woogie uh, swing song that reminded me of Fats Domino. Uh, so I started seeing a, a Fat Domino pr- impression and it took my other voice to a very odd place. And uh, there's some uh, noddings to Domino's Blue Monday, his 1956 hit. Conveys the plight of a working man through each day of the week. Although of course it was about a female, not a male, uh, uh, as was Domino's. Uh, Lennon helped a little bit with the lyrics, uh, but he, he he said it gave his account uh, f- basically focused on an overworked, exhausted, possible single mower facing a new problem each day of the week. And uh, McCartney also start, said that Mad- Lady Madonna s- started off originally as the Virgin Mary. Then it became a working class woman, uh, of which there were millions in Liverpool and then uh, a Catholic uh, because of the Irish Ar- 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 connection, and the uh, he apparently left off Saturday when he composed the lyric, uh, and uh, he didn't realise that at the time until it was pointed out to him in America. Uh, it's a tremendous piece of work by uh, McCartney, and of course uh, the piano uh, was uh, uh, called the Verden Grand Piano, and. Uh, it was regarded as a bit of a boogie woogie hymn uh, with Ringo on drums and George and uh, John adding the distorted, distorted guitar riffs uh, with the uh, later dubbing on bass by McCartney. So anyway, uh, that's Lady Madonna, a lot about that. There were some horns on uh, added to the mix by George Martin. And they were, the contribution of the horns was from one Ronnie Scott, famous for his jazz club, uh, who played a a saxophone, tenor saxophone solo on it. So there you have it, Lady Madonna. Now Everlasting Love by The uh, Love Affair. Interestingly enough, I heard this uh, song on a movie that I watched yesterday, uh, an excellent movie called Belfast. Uh, written and directed by Richard Branner. And uh, uh, it was uh, featured in the movie and it brought back tremendous me- me- memories. Song written by Buzz Kazon and Mac, Mac Gaiden, uh, which was originally a hit for Robert Knight, but then remade by The Love Affair. And uh, it became a huge, a huge hit in the UK. Uh, and uh, it was... Uh, The standout vocal performance by Steve Ellis that captured everyone's imagination hit number one in January 68. And Ellis uh, commented that uh, Muff Winwood was involved in the original version uh, recorded at Island Records, but it was recorded a second time. And on this one, uh, only Ellis from the band was involved and they put in a session collection of session musicians uh including conductor keith mansfield's 40 piece orchestra uh to complete the uh, take and i noted that uh, the choral com- comprised of uh, kiki d leslie duncan madeline bell and craig garner uh which is interesting to note absolutely terrific uh when it comes on i i, I just go right back to 1968, Everlasting Love by The Love Affair. We're up to 13 now. This is Cloud Nine by The Temptations. The first of a singles featuring Dennis Edwards instead of David Ruffin and first produced by Norman Whitfield, uh, who was involved in the psychedelic uh, era of The Temptations. Won a, a Grammy award uh, as well uh, for Motel. A uh, song written by Whitfield and former Motown artist, Barrett Strong. Uh, the background to the song, in 68, Sly and the Family Stone had a hit with their single Dance to the Music and the Temptations manager, Otis Wils- Williams, then introduced Whitford to that music and um, Whitfield wasn't that keen to produce anything which was quite radical as they viewed uh, Sly Stone's. Uh, he, he commented, I don't want to get into all that crazy shit. Uh, they, they, it's a passing fancy, he believed. But anyway, within a few weeks, he had created the backing track for Cloud Nine, very much a psychedelic style uh, number influenced by Sly, like, Sly Stone. And it featured all five Temptations trading vocals, very similar to Sly Stone's ensemble. Uh, and it... As I say, a marked departure, well while guitars, a harder driving beat propelled the record as opposed to the piano and strings. And it featured uh, a Cuban percussionist on congas. And uh, the singers, of course, swap leads on the verse, on the bridges and the chorus. Uh, Here's a little uh, uh, example of that. Paul Williams, you can be what you want to be. Dennis Edwards, you ain't got no responsibility. Eddie Kendricks, and every man, every man is free. Dennis Edwards, and you're a million miles from reality. Uh, the lyrics are absolutely tremendous, and they're about the struggles and pains of living poor, as opposed to being in relationships and love troubles. That's about the unemployed despondent. despondency, uh, uh, and uh, he's going to get over it, all his problems rode riding high on Clyde Nine. There was some uh, issue about, was it uh, uh, a drug-influenced song denied by the sensations? So anyway, uh, I absolutely love it. And of course, the funk bur- burrows on on the uh, instrumentation and it's my number 13. I want to go then before this first one grinds to a halt. At 12, Eloise sang by Barry Ryan, Barry Ryan and written by his twin brother, Paul Ryan. Uh, and it w- was quite, looked at as quite radical because it actually went beyond five minutes. It features very strong orchestration, melodramatic vocals, and a brief slow interlude. It sold three million copies worthwhile and uh, it started off as a, a, a single released by Barry Ryan with the majority. The majority were a pop band and they were the backing band. But uh, it then just became his song. Uh, and it was the second that his brother Paul had wrote. And Paul uh, said he was influenced by MacArthur Park, the Richard Harris arrangement. Uh, and uh, Mother Marion Ryan was involved in the recording session. Only two takes and the Session Museums, since interestingly enough, were Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones and Glenn Campbell. You, know, you find out all this information on Wikipedia. Anyway, uh, they were all involved in the mixing and it was an absolute huge hit. And it was also influenced uh, Freddie Mercury of Queen to create that lengthy single what was it called now? Ah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Apparently Freddie really loved Eloise, and it was uh, it, it, it was the, the factor that uh, pushed that lengthy hit of theirs. So there we have it. number twelve, Eloise by and then on the Road again by Can Heat. a very much a driving blues rock booty. It was a, adapted from earlier a uh, blues songs and included some sort of psychedelic rock em- elements. Second guitarist uh, Alan Wilson sang the distinctive uh, false sato vocal and added in harmonica. Usually Heek's material was sang by the huge Bob Hyde, but he he was uh, arrested for this one, and it first appeared on Boogie With Canned Heat, their second album. Uh, the edited single was released in April '68. Uh, The album uh, title was far too long. Uh, And here's a little snippy. Well, I'm so tired of crying, but I'm out on the road again. I'm on the road again. I ain't go no woman just to call my special friend. For the instrumental as mentioned, uh, the sound used was a one called Boogie riff adapted from John Lee Hooker's uh, Boogie Chillin' released in 1949. Then Wilkson, Uh, used an Eastern uh, string instrument, the tambura, to give the song a psychedelic ambience. And then, of course, he also got involved in the harmonica and sang. So that's number 11. Uh, It's been a lengthy uh, crawl through the top 20. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, you'll probably be wondering, what's in that top 10? Um, Not too many surprises, really, but I can guarantee... 10 fantastic songs, so tune in to part two.